Woo. Okay. Giddy up. So, how big is your God? You know, we talked last week how we needed to be the light of Christ to the world right now that is so fearful and losing hope. I shared with you this, don't miss this, that we need to come together now and make a declaration of dependence, not a declaration of independence. Remember, God is not asked, but he's commanded us, every single one of us that call ourselves a Christ follower. He said, I want you to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. God has appointed each and every one of us a boundary, a sphere of influence, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's out on the golf course or the tennis courts or pickleball, wherever it is. You are, we are to be the salt and light of Jesus Christ to a world that so desperately needs him. We talked about three specific things that we can do to not only bless our lives, but bless the lives of your children and bless the lives of, of this country. First thing we need to do, I'm just doing a quick recap to lead, into the, to lead into today's message. We must pray unceasingly. Samuel Chaddock said this, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toils, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. Andrew Murray said, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelism in history. And Charles Spurgeon said, I would rather teach one man to pray than tend to teach. Prayer is so powerful and so needed right now. And next, we need to live righteously. We need to live right living. You know, in 1 Peter, it says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Because even though the people around you may not believe in the same moral standards that you have, okay, he goes, nevertheless, you continue to be that righteous person living this particular way. So they see what an example of what godly people are truly like. And thirdly, I said, we must eagerly share the gospel. It's so important. In 1 Timothy, he said, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all people to be saved. All means all, and that's all that all means. Right down to our Putin right down to some of the worst people that you could possibly think of. God wants nothing more than for them to be saved. So, and I would just want to encourage you with this, and then we'll get on with today's message. If you have never highlighted this in your Bible, I encourage you to. It's from 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Talking to all of you, you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. 
You had not received mercy, but you now have received mercy. You want to live fulfilled, satisfied life, then can I encourage you to continue to walk in the footsteps that you were called to. So today as we move forward, I'm going to start with that question I started with just a few minutes ago. Just how big is your God? Is he as big as that last song? I mean, would you just get up and cheer and go, my God is huge. He can do anything. You know, the size of your God is determined by your faith in him. Maybe you're thinking, really, Pastor, the size of my, size of God, it's in relationship by the measurement of my faith in him? Well, well, Paul, if that's true, how do I get faith? You know, Paul stated, the Apostle Paul stated in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. See, the issue seems to be we so often don't really hear what's being said. Let me give you an example. I came across this short story here. It said that President Franklin Roosevelt got tired of smiling, that big smile, and saying the usual things to all the White House receptions. So one evening, he decided to find out whether anybody was actually even paying attention. You know, they come in, they shake your hand, how you doing, Mr. President, right? So as each person came up, with an extended hand, he flashed that smile and he said, I murdered my grandmother this morning, just to see what they would say. The story goes, people would automatically respond with comments like, how lovely, or just continue with the great work. Nobody was really listening to what he was saying except for one foreign diplomat. When the president said to him, I murdered my grandmother this morning, the diplomat responded softly, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> Friends, faith in God, faith in God is the only thing that opens our hearts to truth. When we hear something that conflicts with what we feel and believe in our hearts, I think about, you know, it's, it's faith in God that takes us beyond the limitations of our senses and our feelings. You can feel things and still be wrong in the way you feel. Faith will pick us up when sense and feelings let us down. Faith in God is the only thing that allows us to truly hear what's he really saying, to be able to stand up in that faith. There was this atheist barber. And he's walking through the city slums with a local minister. And he remarked to the minister, he said, this is why I can't believe in a God of love. If he is this kind as they say he is, then why does he permit all this poverty, disease? How can he allow these poor people to be addicted to drugs and other destroying habits? Well, the minister was silent until they met a man who was especially unkept and was actually just filthy. His hair was just hanging down all greasy past his neck, he had half-inch stubble, you know, on his face. And then the preacher said, okay, he's thinking to himself, I'm ready now. He turns to the barber and says, well, you can't be a very good barber, or you wouldn't have permit a man like that to continue living in a neighborhood without a haircut and a shave. <laughs> <laughs> 
Indignantly, the atheist answered, Why blame me for the man's condition? I can't help it if he's like that. He's never given me a chance. Hey, if he'd only come into my shop, look at I'd fix him up. I'd make him look like a gentleman. Giving the barber, the story goes, a penetrating look, the minister said, that don't blame God for allowing these people to continue in their ways when he longs to speak to them and give them healing direction for their lives. They just refuse to hear him. Friends, faith is needed. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but faith is needed for these dark days that we live in. And faith helps to bring light to anybody's life. No matter how small your faith may be, just a little faith, it's so powerful. I mean, look what Jesus says here in Matthew 17. He says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately. And he goes, why could we not cast it out? They had someone brought them a demon-possessed boy, and they couldn't cast the demon out. So they're asking Jesus, and he said to them, because of your meager faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You know, when the bottom drops out of our life, faith in Jesus will support us every time, no matter what is happening around us. I know there's many of you that can relate to that. I certainly can. You know, but maybe sometimes you kind of feel like this fourth grade boy. He was riding in a bus home from church. He's feeling really proud of this big card he made, which had a picture of a sunny sky and a caption that read, Have Faith in God. Then all of a sudden, the card slipped out of his hands and flew out of the window of the bus. And the boy shouts out, Stop the bus! I lost my faith in God! <laughs> Sometimes we can feel like that. Any of you ever been there? You know, in Hebrews... 11.6, it says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. But here's the challenge, and it's, I know it's going to pop up here on the screen, but this is the challenge I think most of us face. And, and you don't have to shout out, yes, Paul, you're right or not. I don't know if I, if I buy that or not. But I believe this is the challenge we face. Look, at, if we can place faith in Jesus as our Savior of our soul for eternity, okay, then why can't we have that, have that same faith in Christ as our sustaining Savior during our normal, everyday situations? I mean, most of us are sitting here going, you know, that giving your life to Christ, you believe that you're going to have eternity with him, you're going to be living in the kingdom of heaven, you're one of his kids, yet you'll walk out of here, turn on the news and hear something, and you start being nervous and, and start getting caught up in the daily stuff of what's going on in the world, and your faith starts to dwindle. Why can't we have the same faith of knowing where our destiny is and the same faith to know that God is working just the same here as he will be in heaven? Look, First Peter says, cast all your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you, 
And he cares for you and you and you and you and all of you on the internet. He cares for all of you. You know, casting is a continual action. You know, it's like when you're going out fishing or something, you know. You're casting, you know. Uh, I mean, you can literally read that scripture verse up there. It reads casually, continually throw away anything that causes anxiety, fear, because God is concerned with your life. You know, I, I, I kind of I, I brought up a little examples here about throwing things away. I want to give a little practical what I, maybe this will sink into your minds a little bit. And as you leave here today, you're all getting one of these. But Paul's, I mean, Peter says, cast all your cares upon him. You want to get rid of a hurt, you cast it away. You throw it away. That ball's not coming back. Unless somebody throws it at me. <laughs> but that's not coming back because I cast it onto him. What if you got anger for somebody? Don't worry, you can't get hurt. You can't get hurt with that ball. But what if you're angry with somebody and you just, you know what, God, I, I, I don't know how to deal with this. Just cast it away. How about this one? You just got done watching the news. You got some anxiety, right? He says, just cast it on to me. Get rid of your fear. Cast it on to him. How about an addiction? It could be food, it could be drugs, it could be pornography, it could be anything. Lord, I need some help here. I'm struggling with this thing. <laughs> Give it to me. Just throw it away. What I want you to do today, and I'm going to end with that too, is when I want you to take one of those home. Maybe you've got something right now you need to cast unto the Lord. I want you to look at it. I know it's a silly example, but going, God loves me so much, He wants to take this away from me. And whatever that may be, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, or when you see it sitting on your desk, believe me, a day's going to come where you're going to need to cast something to Him. Listen, rock-solid faith comes through the object of your faith. Hebrews 12 says, look only at Jesus, the originator and the perfecter of the faith. Fix your eyes on him and realize just how great he truly, truly is. Psalms 9 said, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not abandoned those who seek you. Friends, strong faith. Don't, don't get this mixed up. Strong faith's not positive thinking, okay? It's just not. It's not positive thinking about ourselves, but it's powerful thinking about who God is. That's the difference. Look at. Don't miss this. You can have the biggest faith with the smallest God and get nothing done, or you can have the smallest faith with the biggest God. Nothing's impossible. That's what Jesus was saying. you got faith just as small as a tiny mustard seed. You can do anything. Friends, stop and think for a minute. Every day you live with natural faith, natural faith. The doctor tells you, right, well, you know, you, you, uh, you, you got a disease. Well, you never even heard of it before, but he writes a prescription and he hands it to you. You can't even read it, right? But then you take that to the druggist that you probably don't know. 
He gives you a medication that you look at who knows what, and when you run out, you go back for more. That takes natural faith. You stop at a traffic light. Don't you have faith that the person behind you is going to stop? Don't you? That's natural faith. I mean, you go to a restaurant, maybe this morning, you go out for breakfast, all right? Or you go to the supermarket and you pick up some food. You got faith it's not tainted when you take it home. But it seems when it comes to living in supernatural faith, we just kind of stumble, just stumble all over the place. When God says, I'm the God that heals you, so many times we, we fail to believe him. God tells us to stand strong, believe in faith, and uh, where I've just fallen all over myself. You see, the reason supernatural faith is so powerful when you put it next to natural faith is because it comes from God and God's Word. God's Word is powerful. Look, at, there were three farmers they were gathered daily in a field. They're going through a horrible drought. The men are looking down. They're, they're actually kneeling on their knees, these three farmers. They're looking upwards. They're praying to the skies, please, Lord, we need rain. It hasn't rained. This drought's awful. Every, but the heavens were silent. It, it just never rained. They were out there day after day. Well, one morning, an uninvited stranger approaches, and he asked the men, what are you guys doing? And they said, we're praying for rain. He goes, the newcomer goes, look around. You know, he goes, we're, we're, we're praying for rain. And the newcomer looks at each of them and he shakes his head and he goes, I don't think so. And the first farmer says, of course we're praying. <laughs> we're down on our knees. Can't you see us? Can't you see the drought that's going on all around us? Our crops, our, our crops are dying. We haven't had rain in a year. And the outsider continues to nod his head. And he goes, your efforts are never going to work. Well, the second farmer jumps in and says, we need rain. We're only asking for it because it's for, for our family and for our kids, okay, and for our livestock. And the man listens and is he still not? Just tell him you're wasting your time. Well, then finally the third farmer, he can't take it anymore. And he's angry. And he says, okay, what would you do if you were in our shoes? And the visitor goes, you really want to know? Yes, we really want to know, farmer says. Well, the man says, if I was believing for rain, I would have brought an umbrella. <laughs> How strong is your faith? That God's going to answer you according to what he believes is the best for you. Do you bring an umbrella at those critical times in your life? Yeah, i got to tell you something. Strong faith will free you of fear and doubt. It just will. Let me just share just a few verses about strong faith from Hebrews 11. It's also known as the Hall of Faith. The very first verse in Hebrews 11:1. 1, now faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. Then it goes on to say, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. You know the story. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he left not knowing where he was going. 
By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered God faithful to his promise. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, remember, offered up his son Isaac. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the temporary pleasures of sin. You know, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea onto dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted to follow, we all know what happened. By faith, you know what happened about the walls of Jericho? They fell. And I think one of the best examples in scriptures is a childhood story that we all heard, any of us who attended school, church school growing up, David and Goliath. First Samuel, let me just read you a little excerpt. The Philistine also said to David, he says to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild animals. But I love this. But David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a saber. Friends, this is powerful, whatever I'm telling you what you're dealing with. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you, and I will remove your head from you. And then I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he is going to hand you over to us today. Friends, the battle's not ours. It's God's. What did I start with, this, what did I start with today from last week? We need to pray unceasingly. We need to live those righteous lives and trust with our faith. I mean, you want to talk about faith. Did David have faith? You know, a few years ago, maybe it's more like a decade ago, Disney put out a remake movie, Angels in the Outfield. You know, in one scene, as the pitcher's getting ready to pitch, an angel comes in behind him. And as he releases the ball, it went farther than what I threw today. As he releases the ball, the angel moves his arm to speed it up and whoosh. There goes the ball. I just kind of imagine that's what happened behind David that day. David came running. He came swinging. And as he sent that rock sailing, I believe God guided it just with deadly force right to the sweet spot in his forehead. Do you know it was the only place on Goliath that had no armor? That rock was like the first armor-piercing projectile. Boom! I told you that story because we have the same rock, friends. His name is Jesus Christ. He's an armor-piercing projectile. He can break into the deepest, darkest heart. He can go in the deepest, darkest valley that you're with you. He will break through the armor of whatever giant that you may be facing today or you will face in the future. Listen, he will knock down the giant like, he, like, like uh, David knocked down Goliath. 
It will move our giant like it moved the stone that moved Jesus out of that tomb. So listen. In close, don't miss this. Focus on our giants. Focus on those big struggles in your life, and you're going to stumble. But if you focus on God, put your faith in God, okay, that giant will fall. I'm telling you from personal experience, I want to encourage you. It'll fall. Give ourselves over to God. Let him direct our steps. Let him knock the giant down. You see, faith is not about what you have in your hand. Do you understand it? With David, it wasn't what he had in his hand. It's about what was in his heart. It's not about what you got in your hands, friends. It's what's in your heart. How big is your God? How big is he? Remember what I said before, you can have the biggest faith with the smallest God and get nothing done, but man, you could have the smallest faith and your God be huge and nothing's impossible for you. What are you facing today? What are you facing? I want to uh, close here in prayer. Then I got a closing song that I'd just like you to sit through and showing the confidence that can come when you know that you serve a big, big God. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you are the creator of the universe, the creator of each and every one of us. Father, thank you that you are for us, not against us. Father, as we continue, please open our ears to hear your words, to deepen our faith and grow stronger in you. Father, is anyone here this morning that's just struggling with that giant in their life and their faith is wavering, Father? May the power of your Holy Spirit fall upon them and encourage them. And God's people said, Amen. <laughs>